Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers ArchFit Footwear. Okay. I know what you're thinking. Archfit footwear? Ah, I don't need arch support. Well, I thought the same, and these are still my favorite trainers. You see, Skechers Archfit are great for virtually everybody. Archfit was designed by experts, giving you podiatrist-certified arch support and all-day comfort. Plus, I don't wear them just for arch support. I love how they look, too. Feel what you've been missing with Skechers Archfit. Find Skechers Archfit footwear for men and women everywhere. Evening, everybody, and welcome to a special, very special show. We've got a banger planned tonight. I've got my friend, <laughs> my friend, Keith, from Sketches in the US, who's live with me tonight. And we're going to be geeking, well, I'm going to be geeking out about running shoes. Um, this is for all you shoe geeks out there. This is for anybody who's really interested in running shoes. But maybe, you know, you just want to find out a little bit more about what goes into um, some of the running shoes. And I'm really, I'm genuinely really excited about this. As, as a shoe geek, hopefully you guys know how much uh, I love Sketches anyway. Yes, they are sponsoring this, but I'm a big Sketches fan anyway, as you guys know. But I, I really am excited to have Keith on. Thanks, Keith, for coming on. Um, because I really just want to dive into the tech. Um, and I've just realized, actually, I was talking to Keith before we came on, all the shoes behind you. Got the razor. I'm just seeing if there's anything new there that I haven't spotted. <laughs> Got to cover that one up. We can't. Yeah. Have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there any that we shouldn't be talking? It's funny. I've got a big box down here delivered from you guys uh, today that I've not opened up because I'm not sure whether I'm allowed to open it or not today on, on the show that we're doing later, um, which is kind of cool. But yeah, it's, it's the embargo thing is always kind of funny to deal with when we can and can't talk about stuff. But anyway, thank you, Keith, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, and and you've always been uh, a great supporter of the brand. So uh, super excited. We geek out more than you do when it comes to talking <laughs> running shoes. So I think this is going to be very very cool. So I thought um, what we do tonight uh, is over the next half hour is basically talk through because I, I think it's really interesting. Even if you're not necessarily a shoe geek, 
you know, the, the running shoe is such an integral part of the runner, right? And you guys, you know, are, 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 and people who maybe watch this on YouTube or listen to these podcasts, they, you know, they hear us talk about midsoles, outsoles, and the importance of a good upper, carbon plates, and all these kind of, you know, sort of technologies and things that go into these shoes. And I think it would be a great opportunity today with with Keith on to talk about, especially from the guys from Sketches, to talk about because you guys have been pioneers. We'll come on to like the hyperburst um, and the critical process that goes into that. But you know, some of the stuff, the technology that you put into the shoes, arch fit and things like that, I think it'd be very cool to do yeah. if that's okay with you. So I think if it's all right with you, Keith, I think we'll start. And I've got brand new pair now. If you're listening to this on the podcast, this is going to be no help to you whatsoever. But I'm holding up a brand new pair of ladies max road six that have just arrived for sabrina to wear uh over in chicago when she's doing the uh bubble run and all that sort of stuff while she's over in chicago so we've got some people going out to do the chicago marathon um i thought this would be a great example because it's a 2023 shoe uh it's got some of the latest technology i know you guys are probably already ahead we'll try and get some of the information out of you later um but yes yeah, so i thought it'd be cool if it's all right but you can we'd sort of work through the shoe uh and i think starting probably with the midsole, if that's all right. Um, yeah. You guys, like I just alluded to, so again, we'll keep people in. The, the midsole is basically the foam bit under your foot, all right? So with regards to sketches, you've got Hyperburst. Now, in this shoe, we've got Hyperburst Ice, which is the new formula. Is that right? That is correct, yep. So what's, what's the sort of, firstly, the sort of process that goes into making a midsole? So typically conventional foams, and, and these are going to be your phylon type foams, you know, every brand, you know, if, if you think about midsole foams, it's almost like a bread recipe. Uh, you're going to mix a bunch of stuff together, uh, mix it up, you add heat, you put it in the oven, and that bread rises, right? Uh, every brand is going to have their own bread formula, small little tweaks here and there. Uh, within the foam, you've got, you know, probably four or five levers that you can pull. One lever maybe makes it lighter, but you lose some durability. One makes it more responsive, but you add some weight. And so there's different things that you can kind of pull. But for the most part, where every brand has been is in that conventional, even polyurethane EVA type foams. Uh, and, and where we kind of came in at was in 2016, 2017, we had been developing supercritical foaming process. And if you remember, the very first shoe was the the Razor got Three. Yeah, and I've got it in the garage still. Yeah, we launched it. this in 2018 at the New York City Marathon, and it really was the first shoe in the in the in the market uh, that had the supercritical foaming process. And really, what it is 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 we sort of start with a baby part, and this is an, an actual size part. You'll notice that it's kind of translucent because. The way supercritical foaming is done, you don't need, you know, I talked about the bread recipe with conventional foam. You need to add something in that sort of starts the chemical reaction in bread. It might be yeast or something like that. But because we're not doing a traditional chemical reaction, uh, this is this was solid EVA. Uh, and what we do is we put the a bunch of these into a almost like a, uh, a pressure cooker, you know, kind of a pressurized chamber. Uh, we learned kind of in grade school that there's three phases of matter. There's a solid, there's a liquid, there's a gas, but also kind of in between, there's a supercritical fluid stage. You cannot penetrate the solid with a gas. So when we introduce the carbon dioxide and nitrogen, what we have to do is through temperature and pressure, we can take that gas to a supercritical fluid stage. Then we can fully penetrate these baby parts. 
Once they're fully penetrated with that supercritical fluid, we quickly change the temperature and the pressure, and that little baby part turns into a wow. full-blown part. So that little teeny piece yeah. blows into this big piece. And when I look at this, you kind of see this close up. You can see yeah. the cell structure. You can see all the bubbles on the surface. When I show you kind of a cross-section, again, doesn't help if you're just listening, but when you yeah, see yeah. See the strong yeah. cell structure in there, all of that void. That's what gives uh, supercritical foam, specifically hyperburst, it's mm -hmm. lightweight, but also it's resiliency because that cell structure is very thick. It's very yeah. strong. So the more you compress it, the more it bounces back. Once we have that, that big sort of foamed piece, we can then put that into a compression mold uh, and through heat and, and, uh, and pressure, we can then compress it to whatever the final detail okay. is. We can add in the textures, we mm -hmm. can add in the spaces where the rubber goes in and everything like that. So what we end up with is, is with a supercritical foam, you end up with something that's much, much lighter and more resilient. And that's sort of the goal of, of running shoes and what runners are really looking for mm -hmm. is how do, we, how do we get more bounce uh, with less ounce, uh, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, I mean, and and, that, and that's absolutely that, the first striking thing. Apart from, I remember the razor had speed written down it, which I think looked awesome. And I'm so glad you put that back in. The, yeah, it's such a good shoe. Um, but that, that was really the sort of first. But it was it was that it was that initial feeling of lightness from the shoe that I never felt really in any other sort of yeah sort of workout shoe that that razor was. I never felt that lightness and it, it, it just killed everything that was out there in terms of the feeling of lightness, but also the responsiveness from the hyperburst because you think, oh, this is a bit firm. But actually, when you start leaning on the foam, it really responds. And that was the kind of difference. You know, some of the, let's say, to more traditional, not racing flats, but those older school, faster shoes, mm -hmm. you know, they had foams in them back then that were firm and they stayed firm. And, and you really felt the surface underneath. But with, when that shoe got introduced, you really did feel that rebound from the foam, um, which is kind of cool. And then to see where you've sort of taken that, and even to go back to the Max Road 6, which you've pumped up to 41 mils, is that right? That is correct, yep. Um, which is incredible, really. And, and the thing is with the Max Road 6 is that it doesn't feel unstable, where, you know, if you had... We won't talk about the brands, but if you had another over 40 mil stack of a soft foam, it becomes incredibly unstable unless you've got some, you know, it's particularly wide or there's some plate in there. But how you get away with it is, and yes, the Max Road 6 is heavier than the previous version because the amount of uh, foam here, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel overly heavy. It's really weird. To, it, how have you got this shoe with this amount of stack? It, on the scales, it it's heavy, but it doesn't feel heavy. Is that is that the hyperburst or? It, it is. You know, we like as you mentioned. You know, we we did have a weight gain from the Max Road Five to the Max Road Six, uh, kind of where we had been in the past. We were always going to be lightest in class. That was sort of our goal. Mm -hmm. uh, as we moved from the five to the six, when we got into the five and maybe the ride uh, nine, ten, uh, our shoes because they were so lightweight, almost had sort of a more a dispensable type feel to them, disposable. And so when we went to the Max Road 6, what we really wanted to do was keep that runner in mind. Uh, that increase in weight uh, really comes from a couple things. One, as you mentioned, we went thicker in stack. So you've got a lot more foam underneath the foot. 
We've also added quite a bit more rubber. Uh, so you're yeah, really yeah. not going to wear out the outsole uh, anytime no, soon. There's a lot of Goodyear rubber yeah. on the outsole. Uh, we also went to that uh, ArchFit footbed on the inside, and we'll talk about that a little mm -hmm. bit later. Uh, but because of the contouring, that's also thicker. Uh, it's got a, a better uh, type of foam in it, so that also adds some weight. And then we also went a little heavier on the upper mesh itself. Uh, we we kind of clicked it up a notch or two again, just to give it a little bit better hand feel. The the upper stands up a yeah. little bit better. Uh, it locks the foot down a little bit better. Uh, so all of those things sort of attributed to the weight increase. But one of the things that you've sort of noticed is the midsole, and and where that shines is you know we talked about supercritical foaming, and we started with this single density EVA piece on the original Hyperburst shoes. Now as we move into Hyperburst Ice. It's actually core carrier system. So wow. this, think of this as sort of a Hyperburst 2.0. Mm -hmm. It's lighter weight. It's even more responsive and resilient. And what we do is we have a carrier, a thin carrier of that original Hyperburst, which can be a little bit firmer. When we put those two together, we then put this through the supercritical foaming process. And what we get is that Hyperburst ice midsole. Wow. So you have that softer core directly under the foot, but then you've got a little bit firmer uh, yeah. carrier on there, which gives you more of that stability there we go. Uh, that you've been noticing. And one of the interesting things is because we don't put any uh, catalyst or anything into the foam, you can actually see the green color from the core looks coming cool. through the sidewall. And that's it looks, what it is. It looks really cool. Yeah, and that's what kind of gives uh, Hyperburst Ice both its performance and comfort features, but it also has a pretty unique look. Uh, when you look at, you know, a Hoka, when you look at, you know, you can you can tell a Hoka from across the parking mm -hmm. lot, and that's kind of what we were hoping with the Hyperburst Ice is that when you start to see these glowing midsoles, people can start to associate that with Skechers. And you get it on the ride. I mean, the Ride 11. I mean, I did a video about the Ride 11. I absolutely love that shoe. And I love that shoe because I basically live in it. I've got two pairs and I and I live in it. I had them at the weekend where we, we was camping and we was doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it, it's, it's such a good shoe. And you've got the, we'll come on to the outsole on it. But it, I, I did a video about it because it is the one, it's one of those good examples of a shoe, right? You know, not everybody's got 200 pounds to spend on a carbon plate training shoe, right? Some people just want to go out the door, run for their mental health or whatever reason, right? And you want just one shoe that you can go gym, three miles, you know, around the park, walk the dog, take the kids to Tesco, to the supermarket, and then you can do all your active. That Ride 11 is the best example that I have of a shoe like that. And it's also very good in terms of price point as well. And that, that has that um, sort of silhouette on the midsole as well. And it's just so comfortable. And yeah. that's the thing. And what, what the secret sauce is on that shoe is the Max, Max Road 5 uh, got such great reviews. People absolutely love that Max Road 5. So really the Max Road 5 almost became the Ride 11. When you look yeah. at the Ride 11, the stack heights, everything mm -hmm. is very similar to the way we set up that Max Road 5. We paint the midsole top line so that the overall midsole thickness doesn't look as thick, mm -hmm. but it is a 38, 32 yeah. midsole. So you still have a lot of underfoot foam on the Ride 11, which was the same as what the Max Road 5 was. And then on the Max Road 6, we won even yeah. more. Yeah, the, the Max Road 5. I mean, I've got, I just love that shoe. And I know a friend of mine, Simon, I mean, he's we've done like a 400-mile review of that shoe with him. I mean, he's he, he keeps shipping them in from the U.S. If, if there's any supply out there, the boy wants them because 
He absolutely loves it. It was such a good shoe that was. It was, oh, it was so. It literally could do everything because you had the plate in there, and it, it was so durable. It was it was just perfect. It felt great on long runs. It felt great on the easy stuff. It, it was oh, it was for But the ride, honestly, the ride eleven. I think this year is a home run. Don't get me wrong, because I love in the Max Road Six, especially at the moment. Marathon training for me, you know, cruising about. It's comfortable. It's a, just a cruising machine, but the the ride eleven is is phenomenal. Now, I feel if it's okay with you, I think we'll jump to the uppers because you mentioned the upper on the Max Road um, Six. You changed it up. I'm interested to know in terms of the design process because some brands this year I've noticed their uppers have become warmer. Now, I'm thinking Sketches a few years ago had like the knit uppers on them that were warmer. Yep. What's the sort of thought process, design processes that goes into the up? I mean, the, the Max Road 6 is a great example, the one I'm holding here. Again, apologies for the podcast, where you've added design, you've added overlays on it, which I'm, I'm sure will come on to is, is adding some form of structure to the upper, right? Yep. Um, but what's the sort of process in terms of choosing an upper um, and that kind of thing? That, that's always sort of the balance is you want something that's lightweight, but you also want a little bit of body to it, to, to that mesh. Uh, you also want something that is breathable, but you also don't want big holes in it, something that looks like something from the 80s or the 90s. So there's always sort of a balance, a, a give and take between design and between the engineering team and between the marketing team. And as you mentioned, you know, we, we kind of went down that path where we were knitting uppers by size. Uh, and what you have to do is, you know, the, it gave you the ability to add stretch in certain areas, add support in certain areas. So you could get a really nice lockdown, but the upper wasn't too constricting. It would stretch in certain areas. But one of the things that we found is that we were just all over the place. It was hard for us to sort of make consistent uh, knit uppers. So for us, we decided to go back to the mesh. Uh, the mesh gives us a lot of advantages, uh, lighter weight. We can still engineer mesh, uh, you know, to, to size. So we're not throwing away a lot of material. And as you said, those uppers, you know, you can take some overlays. We can also do things on the inside with reinforcements, toe box materials, eye stay materials, because ideally you want something light, something supple that conforms to the foot, but also gives you a nice lockdown. And so yeah. you're, you're constantly sort of in motion. Those three things uh, sometimes are, are kind of moving in opposite directions. Uh, so, so that's sort of the, the give and take of, of creating an upper is you want to have the aesthetics, but you also need those performance of breathability, of yeah. lockdown, of stretch. So you're asking this upper to do seven or eight things uh, all at the same time. And some of those things are, are almost polar opposites of each other at times. I was kind of coming to the razor four because – as an up-tempo shoe, I, that's one of the best out there because that thing wants you to run fast. If you yep. put that on for, for an up-tempo session, that thing is quick. It feels quick. With the Hyperburst Pro, it's a noticeable difference uh, in the Razor versus the previous versions. That We spoke about the that feeling of firmness, which um, is that sort of traditional feeling. But the new one is that, is that step up in terms of the feeling of speed from it. But interestingly also, because we were still on the uppers, the, you changed the upper on the razor as well from that sort of mono mesh original. Then you went to that sort of mesh upper, let's call it. Yeah, we, we've always had a little bit of hyper uh, mono in there. And what we've done is we've played with the, uh, the percentage of it. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, some of the original, if you remember the Speed Elite, this mm. was almost 100% uh, mono mesh upper. We then went to more of a mono poly 
And a couple couple benefits. One, the poly in there, like I mentioned, it gives you a nice suppleness. It's a little softer on the foot. Uh, if you have a little bit more narrow foot, a little bit wider foot, it's not going to be quite as restrictive on there. Uh, also, you know, a lot of times, you know, people are throwing water on themselves or maybe you're getting perspiration. Sure. So having that hyper uh, mono in there, it doesn't absorb water. Uh, so it actually will keep the shoe lighter throughout a race, especially if you're running in the rain or like I said, mm -hmm. it's a hot day and you're dousing yourself with water. So there's great some great benefits that mono doesn't stretch so it allows you to get a really nice lockdown having the the poly uh, around it gives more of a suppleness a little softness we can engineer it to have more stretch uh, in the toe box in different areas where you don't want it to be so restrictive uh, but definitely when you when, when you get to the the training side max road and ride uh, there's very little to no mono and then on the up tempo stuff there definitely yeah. is a higher percentage of mono mixed in that's interesting. Yep. I'm going to move on to the outsole because we're sort of in that the faster stuff, the comfortable stuff. But what you guys do really well is with your partnership with Goodyear yep. is that you provide a shoe that's, that's got a lot of tread on it because mm -hmm. some shoes out there, they've gone like the other way. You've got exposed, like the Kinvara is a great example. It's exposed basically EVA on the bottom of it, right? That yep. wears out very quickly. You mentioned Hoka, same with the Hoka um, 5 mac 5 but you guys especially with the razor for example that's got a great amount of coverage um from goodyear when you're testing these things what, what's the sort of mileage that you think a shoe should last is, is there a number you put on it or is there like a, a lifespan that you give a shoe when when you're working on an outsole yeah that's always a tough question because people definitely abuse shoes differently mm. uh some people can can go a, a thousand miles in a shoe and mm -hmm. cut grass in the end with it and it's still fine uh some people can wear a shoe out in two 250 miles uh for us you know what the, the way goodyear came about is, is again on that original razor three uh we had like you said we had more strategic locations uh we we lightened the shoe up by not having rubber where you need didn't need it uh this was regular sketchers rubber which was really great at the time you can see from the side it's very very thin and one of the the feedback that we were getting is like you said it felt a little bit more disposable people were wearing through it really quickly so when we went to the speed elite that's when we first started uh, working with Goodyear. We worked with Goodyear. Uh, they, they had a couple different rubber compounds. Uh, one of them is, is called Weather Adapt, and that actually comes from more of a snow tire compound. Uh, you know, if, if you've ever driven with snow tires, kind of the key to them is they stay soft in very warm and very cold temperatures. So in the winter when it's snowing, that tire stays soft. It's going to allow you to get better traction on the ice and snow. Uh, and then they also have a material called Goodyear Gold that actually comes from more of the, the court, like tennis and, and pickleball type uh, products. And so we started working with them. They have a beautiful, it's a soy based. Uh, they actually use it like in police tires. So police tires get a lot of mileage on them. So that was kind of where we started to work with Goodyear was we wanted to innovate. We wanted to be able to keep that rubber nice and thin, but just increase the durability, increase the traction on both wet and dry. And really working with Goodyear kind of allowed us to do that. Then as we moved into more of the training side, as you mentioned, now we can just kind of go crazy. We've got the flex yeah. in there, but we've got deeper tread. Uh, so you definitely have more versatility in our outsole. So you could definitely take these off the road yeah. uh, to your favorite trail, dirt path. You could run on the grass. Uh, and you're going to have the traction. But you can also see from the side there's some thickness to that rubber as well. 
Uh, so typically we, we expect most people to probably get, you know, in that 500 mile range uh, mm -hmm. for our training shoes, especially because we have beefed it up. Uh, we want people to get the full life out of the shoe. Uh, it doesn't make sense for us to have this incredible midsole that can go a thousand miles and an upper that can go a thousand miles. And you got an outsole that bombs out after 200 miles. Yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So we no. wanted all three of those things to kind of complement each other uh, so that you really can get a, a, a great amount of life out of our running shoes. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And that, that, that's a brilliant way of putting it because you're looking for the shoe, you know, from, from the, just the parts we've spoken about to all work together. And you say it's a balance when designing, I suppose you're making decisions. Okay. We can go this direction, but we may have to sacrifice a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but we're going to get more performance. I think for me, and uh, again, we, I've done a video about uh, outsoles and things like, that because it's a really, it's a really important thing. And I don't think, I think uppers, we don't talk about much either in terms of like shoe reviews and stuff, but also I think outsoles, uh, it's not just from the um, sort of durability of the shoe, but some of the, some of the current shoes, I'm not going to know, they're terrible in greasy conditions, right? They are terrible things. Yep. And they're, they're borderline dangerous, some of them. And, and you think to yourself, it's so important to stay connected to that ground. And like you said, you want a shoe, if you can, if you're only about to afford one shoe, um, to be able to do multiple terrains in it. That's why, you know, again, we love the Max Road series. Yep. And now, with you know, obviously the ride as well, because you can go light trails, you know, gravel paths. Yep. I run up and down the rivers um, and, you know, and some of that's grass. And then you're back onto the tarmac. It's, it's that what you've created with, with your outsoles is that functionality to be able to do everything. Yeah, you may have uh, sacrificed a little bit of weight to give that durability and that versatility. But I think most runners now are willing to give a little bit of something up to get, you know, something, you know, quite rewarding back, which is, which I think is a really, uh, I mean, you say that, that it's not a game changer of saving the good year, but it it's almost is for you guys, right? It is. Uh, you know, shoes continue to get lighter and lighter and lighter. Uh, and part of that is because you're sacrificing the durability. Like I mentioned earlier on foams, there's just a few levers that you can pull. And when you maximize something, you're minimizing something else. Uh, and, and so for us, you know, we, we like I said, we for the first five or six years of our existence in, in tech running, we definitely were on the lightest in class side. We wanted all of our shoes to be super lightweight. We grinded out over every gram we could take out of a shoe. And then kind of what we started finding out is, is, you know, you can put something on the scale. And like you said, you can see a 10 or 11 ounce number. But when it's on your feet, 
you typically don't notice it being that heavy. Yeah. If you have the right rocker, great transition, we have our, our hyper arc that gets you from the heel to the toe mm -hmm. off. You know, if you have a good transition from heel to toe, that's not real flat and slappy. If you have a really responsive uh, material midsole foam underfoot, it, the shoe suddenly lightens up because you're getting the responsiveness from it. You're rolling through the toe very smoothly, <laughs> efficiently, and very quietly. Uh, so all of those things add up to you can go a little heavier and get some more durability out of the shoe without it feeling heavy or clunky on your feet. Yeah, and that and you just again summed up my thoughts about the Max Ride Six. Yeah, it's gone up in weight, but like you've just said, with with those other things that you've then put into play, actually on foot, it doesn't feel like what it weighs in the hand, you know. And and it always defies logic for me how you go, oh, this is a little bit heavier, but then you put it on, yeah, you don't notice the weight at all. And that, and that, and that's, yeah, that's a testament to the technology and the, the innovation that's coming through in the shoes. Now, I want to talk about carbon plates because it's fascinating. But before we do that, there is the the arch fit technology um, that you introduced across the across the board. For those who don't know what that is um, and why it's important, can we just can we just dive into that quickly? Sure, absolutely. So ArchFit for us, uh, we, we actually work with an outside podiatrist firm. So this isn't Skechers Innovation Team or anyone thinking, hey, well, we need a, a, a more ArchFit or Arch support in a shoe. We actually work with an outside podiatrist firm. They had over 20 years of foot scan data, and they were really able to help us and tell us what the morphology of the foot is looking like through the gait cycle, through the swing cycle. And from that, they were able to kind of give us a contour. Uh, so really the arch fit is sort of three different components. The first and most obvious is sort of this contouring that runs from the ball of the foot back to the heel. Uh, it's definitely going to have more arch contouring in there. Uh, if you take out footbeds of all the big brands in this running space, they're all incredibly cheap. I used to work at some big brands in Beaverton and, and some other ones. And I can tell you that whenever you're over budget, the first place you take cost out is you put in a crappier footbed. Uh, so the second component of ArchFit is this green foam. Uh, we've gone to a boutique foam. This was on the original ArchFit shoes. You'll notice through here we put these compliance pins yeah. because as your foot is running, it's flattening out. You have to be able to have this more compliant in the arch area. Uh, because if not, it's going to feel like there's something hard just up underneath your arch, and it's going to be very irritating. Uh, the third component that's really important is this deeper heel cup. You can see how much molding it is yeah. across the heel. Uh, when you're running and walking, the fatty part of your heel actually works as a natural shock absorber. So the more you can support that fatty part of your heel, the more efficient your body is going to be in dealing with that shock of you know hitting the ground with your, with your heel. But as we've sort of moved on, this was the original version. This was a high-end kind of boutique EVA. Uh, with more of our recent shoes, we've actually gone to a Hyperburst Pro yeah. footbed. Uh, so again, same componentry with that nice contouring from metatarsals to the heel. You still have that molded uh, heel pocket for uh, helping with shock absorption. But now you've got that TPEE foam underneath the foot. It's just an amazing experience. Uh, it's, it's taking what we love about our midsoles and putting it right up underneath the bottom of your foot. Uh, so all of the shoes that come with those Hyperburst Pro footbeds, mm -hmm. that's now what you're going to be getting is this incredible material. Uh, it has a very, very low compression set uh, where normal running shoes, again, you go do 50 miles, you take it out, and it's pretty much dead. 
Yeah. Now you're going to have a footbed that will complement that high mileage outsole and that high mileage midsole foam and that high mileage upper. Now you've got a footbed on the inside that's not only going to give you the support and the stability, but it's also going to give you some of that, that resiliency and that springiness directly underfoot. And I think you'll, I think you'll see, it's funny, you, I think you'll see more of that sort of, you say about the cutting back, but the investment in the, the, flat, in the sock liners or whatever you call them, I mean, like, um, the, you know, the other brands out there, they're adding some of their foams that were, you know, on actually on the midsole. They're putting them, like, you know, into the, those sock liners to increase the comfort levels, basically following what you guys are doing. Um, and it is, it, uh, I mean, I coach as well. So I hear all the time people asking me, oh, you know, that shoe, Chris, you know, the, the arch on the thing was just killing me or this and that. And, and it's, it's such an important part. I don't think people necessarily... Uh, understand what's going on around the arch and the fit. And like you just described brilliantly uh, how it all works. But as, as people like, you know, who don't know about these running shoes, they're just like, well, I go to my local running shop and then they get given this, but then, you know, all of a sudden they're getting pain in their arch of their foot or from another element. And it's because that arch is not necessarily supported or like you say, is, is, is working against the shoe instead of with the shoe, which is, which is why the tech is really cool. Um, that's why yeah, a, lot of, that's why a lot of running shops sell aftermarket footbeds. Yeah. Because they know that, you know, people are going to have plantar fasciitis and plantar fascia issues and heel pain and, and ball of foot pain. And so giving them a, uh, an improved aftermarket insert is going to do a lot of the similar things mm. that we just talked about, except now it's included with the original purchase price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That's, that's, that's a brilliant way of putting it. Um, okay. Right. So favorite part of the conversation, carbon plates. Right, so you guys, um, I'll grab the uh, the mat. So we've got in here, we've got the training plate, H plate, or you know whatever it's the carbon infused plate in there. The whether it's you know the it's not necessarily the latest thing anymore, but the introduction of carbon plates has obviously been uh, a game changer probably for some uh, in terms of you know uh, racing and things like that. And then to see the introduction into training shoes is interesting. You guys again introduced the H plate or the, the plate element into your training shoes, I would say relatively early to some of the others out there. Yep. What at the moment in terms of technology are you doing with the carbon plate? So for us, you know, the, the first carbon plate, you know, we had was in the speed elite. It was this external winglet plate. Uh, and what we were looking at is, is we, we tried true carbon fiber plates. Uh, a lot of the other brands were just sandwiching it in between. Uh, we had our plate visible one of the things that we know about carbon fiber plates is they have a very uh, high strength to weight ratio. But the other part is they're also very brittle. And so when you're looking at a competitor that has a full true carbon fiber plate, once they snap, you don't really see it inside of the shoe, even though it's, it's already cracked and it, or, or snapped and it's not really doing anything. So one of the things that we came up with was having that H plate configuration so that what you can do is you can save a bunch of weight. Uh, we don't carry it into the heel. We're only keeping it in the forefoot. The other thing that we can do is underneath the ball of the foot, we can make this softer and more compliant. So as you're coming down, you're not smacking the ball of your metatarsals against the hard carbon plate. Now you've got something softer underneath the ball of foot. It also allows that midsole foam uh, to do its job. And what we do is we've engineered, so you can see the ribs that we've engineered into here. Mm -hmm. And it also has this winglet on here. By having that winglet on the outside, we get the stiffness that we need 
we're able to save quite a bit of weight. And because we've moved it outboard of the foot, it actually provides quite a bit forefoot stability. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we started, started getting the idea of, okay, not only are these plates meant to sort of be propulsive, they don't flex. So you're really talking about moving from midfoot to toe off in a very efficient manner. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make everybody more efficient. It makes the most efficient runners slightly more efficient yeah Uh, but what we found is that truly increased the forefoot stability of the shoe and so when you go back to the max road five it had the same bottom if you recall as the max road four and the four plus and people hated that shoe because it was so decoupled Mm -hmm. it felt very unstable and when you got to the forefoot it almost felt like you were running in sand so what we did is we created that training plate. And this training plate, it's very soft and flexible. It doesn't have the winglet. It doesn't have the rigidity. But what it does is we put it in that forefoot, and, and it gives you just a little bit more snap in the toe, but it yeah. also provides uh, more forefoot stability. You don't notice it quite as much as you're, as you're running forward, but as you go around a corner, as you step off of a curb, something like that, you're going to have – that plate underfoot and it, and it sits uh, in the midsole. Let me see, kind of like, like this. And then you'll have oh, yeah. one on this side as well. Yeah. Well, now you've got something in here that you can push against to mitigate mm-hmm. those shear forces. So it really does provide a springier toe off and it provides more forefoot stability. Uh, we're really big on listening to the athletes, you know, working with Edward Cheserek, li- uh, listening to what Meb has his mm-hmm. feedback. And we do a lot of AB testing, which means we, we will test the ride 11 with and without that tra- carbon infused training plate. And it's unanimous constantly. People love the shoes more with the plate. Mm-hmm. They don't know which one they're testing, but it always comes out that they always like it. And, and one of the best compliments we can get is, you know, you hear Thomas and Robbie and other people talk about it's so subtle. Like you don't even know what's in there. Yeah. Like I don't even think Skechers needs it. Why do they even put it in there? That's what we love. We want it to be subtle. We don't want it to overpower. We don't want to make the forefoot really, really stiff. We still want to have that flexibility, but runners tell us constantly the shoes are better by having that training plate in there. So that's why we keep using. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to have that sort of blended approach to the to the carbon, let's say, era. I think it's kind of cool because, as you say, you, you know you're getting some benefit from it, whether it's, it is the stability or whether you are getting that. Just a little snap off, you know, in terms of your toe, if you are picking up the pace. I feel it myself if I'm, if I'm cruising along and I'm just running easy, but then I maybe drop to a little bit of goal pace work. You can feel the shoe just helping you that little bit, but keeping you stable at the same time. But it's not aggressive. And that's the thing with some of these sort of super trainers that are, we're getting now that have the, you know, the, the plates that are coming down from the race day shoes. They can be probably too aggressive to almost training unless you're doing certain like high speed workouts and things like that. So to have that sort of blend, I think, and we'll come on, it's good. It's, this is brilliant. It's the bridge to the next section. But I think that's how probably we're going to go in terms of um, super trainers is that sort of blending, you know, where instead of maybe, and some of the brands are kind of doing it where they're not using full carbon, they're like fiberglass or different elements or, or complete plastic plates um, to try and do that. So that's kind of cool. So I think to sort of wrap things up, I'm going to try and get some trade secrets out. I'm not going to get very far, but we've come so far i think i mean i've got a video coming out in a couple of weeks about actually the the nike shoes from you think remember when you know that was 
that four percent thing with the plate and everything like that, which is still like twenty six mil, twenty eight mil a stack, which is crazy considering we're now at forty. To see to see how far the shoes have come over still a relatively short space of time um, with the advancement in their technologies. What do you think? Because we seem to have gone like crazy with stack heights. We've gone crazy in terms of, we just spoke about it. Everything's got a bit of carbon in it. There's some work being done on the uppers now, which is great. And there's work, obviously, like we said, on the outside, which is great. And the weights are trying to be held down. It's hard because you've got all this tech that's adding to it. Where do you think we're going? Where do you think, do we do we stop at 40 mil because of that's just because the rules? Or do we continue to push that? Or do you think we're going to go back? Where do you think we go? Yeah, I think the 40 uh, millimeters is, is sort of a kind of a dotted line. Uh, we intentionally went 41 on the max road, not because anyone's going to be, you know, trying to get world athletics to certify yeah. it, but it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It just so happened that Nike had a shoe that was at 40 and, and boy, guess what? World athletics happened to make their standard Funny. 40 millimeters. Nice. Uh, it, it's very arbitrary. Um, the height itself actually does give you from our, our lab testing and our biomechanical testing, it does give you an advantage because you're higher off the ground. Uh, every stride is just that little bit longer. And so it does make you a little bit more efficient, really because you're taking fewer steps to get the same amount of distance. Uh, so having those higher stack heights is uh, is providing a performance advantage. Uh, but as you mentioned, there starts to be a trade-off with uh, with stability. Some of the you know the, the Primax and and some of those original four percents. When I put them on, I feel like a baby giraffe walking around, you know, all <laughs> wobbly, and and I could barely even walk in them. So forget about trying to to to, to run in them. Uh, but that's sort of the balance is the higher you get off the ground, you have to control that with stability. You know, Hoka has a great solution where their midsoles are, are pretty angled. Uh, so pretty wide bases on there. Uh, a lot of the racing shoes don't do that because that that wider base adds more foam. It adds more rubber. It adds more weight. Uh, so they really carve it out. It's very, very narrow on the bottom. But I think that that's where you're going to continue to go, because as you talk about the Max Road 6, the, the objective of that, she was really for, for that, that guy or girl who's, who's trodden around their neighborhood. They really don't want to feel the ground at all, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and that's, that's really gives them that experience. And then somebody like you who wants to do that kind of workout, but also pick up the pace once in a while, we have the ride. Now yeah. you've got something that's a little more connected with the ground, but yet it still, you know, uh, dissolves a lot of those ground reaction forces. So, so I think as we go forward, you're going to continue to see foams probably involved the most. Uh, we talked earlier about like uppers. Well, nothing really exciting is coming out in uppers. Uh, probably the most exciting thing in the last 30 years were kind of the knit sock type uppers uh, mm -hmm. that we talked a little bit about. But there really hasn't been a lot of innovation in uppers. There really hasn't been a lot of innovation in outsole rubber. Most of the innovation is coming in midsole foam. Uh, and then for us, you know, a lot of innovation is in the yeah. insole itself. So I think you're going to continue to see that because – as we go forward, you can continue to give that runner more and more foam underfoot and keep it at the same weight. And I think yeah. that's the key when you look at it. If you look at some of those racing flats, you know, from the mid-90s, the weight of those versus the weight of a super shoe today, they're really not that far off because the materials have gotten so much lighter weight over the last, you know, eight or nine years. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, that's where I feel it's going um, as well, is that sort of, it's that battle to make the the foams more sort of explosive and and, and the the power that you get from them, 
but then make them lighter, make them, you know, more controllable in terms of stability as well. It's, it's, it is a hard, I, I don't know how you guys do it, but to, to get that responsiveness and to give you that, that ride, but also the comfort, again, going back to it's not all about performance. And that's the great thing with, with sketches. And I've said it all along is that it, it's the comfort factor. It's, it's the fact of all the shoes, whether you're in your working boots, you know, there's still toe caps that sketches make or the slip ons, you know, that whatever you do, you know, it's that it's that comfort level. And that's always been for me with the with the sketches brand is the comfort. Um, and that's why I was blown away originally going back to that speed elite, mm-hmm. you know, how fast and light that thing felt um, from from you guys. It was just it was just like, wow. And then to see, you know, the evolution as as you as you've gone on with the hyperburst now hyperburst ice. I mean, that was just phenomenal when I saw that um, again, you know, give a shout out to Thomas and the believe in the run. When I saw them interview you and you was talking about that in that video about the hyperburst ice, I was like, this is, this is going to be incredible to see, you know, where you've now taken it to the next level. And, and the shoes this year, I think, uh, uh, I think where you're at this year, I think the shoes are phenomenal. You've got the razor four, which I think is with the hyperburst pro for, for tempo workouts, even up to the half marathon distance is a phenomenal shoe. People don't give that. Yeah. They don't give that credit. Also, we've got speed written down the side of it, which is awesome. <laughs> and then you've got the Goodyear rubber, which it lasts forever, right? This thing. The Max Road 6 is phenomenal. It's just so damn comfortable. You can, you can, I mean, I was camping in the, at the weekend, so that just tells you everything. Um, and then, yeah, and then, like I said, you know, the Ride 11 is your, is your go-to shoe for, for literally everything. Yep. There's, there's nothing that shoe can't do. It, it is such a good shoe. So, you guys, I can't wait to see, and I'm going to hopefully be there in, um, at the end of the year to see what you've got planned for next year because I'm, I'm excited to see where where this next level goes or, or the sort of development tweaks that that you guys are going to do so yeah i think that's a great place to, to wrap it up I, i'm just i've just spent 45 minutes geeking out so thank you very much for basically putting up with me and, and we can get another 45 minutes if you're up to it I, yeah. i'm not ready to stop yet <laughs> <laughs> but you it's the sort of thing you can literally talk about all day this you know when you when you're into these sort of shoes and the technology that go into it and hopefully the guys and girls who are listening to this on on their run and you know, trying to understand a little bit what goes into the shoe design um, and understanding, I think, a little bit more. And I think uh, to be fair to like, you know, again, believe in the run, people like that, to the education around um, and then even like the guys uh, kind of from Running Warehouse, you know, talking about the design processes and, and making runners understand a little bit what goes into these shoes, hopefully gives them better thought behind what they're purchasing. So, you know, there isn't that. We, we spoke about it going into that run. So oh, I'm going to be given that pair of shoes because they've got like 15,000 boxes behind. Right. Actually thinking about, oh, I need it. Actually, the arch fit, that sounds interesting. That I, You know, I suffer a little bit of plantar. Maybe that is a, a route to go down, right? And that's, I think that's the cool thing with, with the YouTube and podcast is that education. So, I, no, I really appreciate you um, taking the time for coming on. Thank you very much. I appreciate um, you having me. No, thank you very much. And again, I'm hoping to see you later on in the year. That'd be awesome. So I, I'm going to... Um, uh, somehow work out how to do the outro graphics. So thanks very much, Keith. And uh, we'll see you soon. Sounds good. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.